first of all, thank you for all the support that all of you have been giving us over the last year. It's uh, been a lot, not only financially you've helped us a lot, but also helped by just participating, just coming here and supporting this particular spiritual community. Not many of them around, especially in Battle Creek. And please continue, return, 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 return to the intention to see the truth. You don't have to be a Buddhist. You may never come back here again. But not a bad thing to keep in mind. Always, you need to find the truth. Don't believe anybody. Don't believe anybody. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding you. Don't believe anybody, including your own mind stream. Don't believe that. Don't disbelieve it. Don't shut down on what's happening in the mind stream. And of course, don't look away from it or distract yourself. And when I say that, I know you can't do that. I can't do it. I believe this and I disbelieve that. And I shut down on this, shut down on that. But what is important here is to be aware that you're doing that. Just to be aware that you're shutting down is enough because the very nature of consciousness and the nature of your uh, identity and the nature of the identity of all this out here that's in the apparent other is not clear to you. If you think it is, you probably wouldn't be here listening to somebody talk about stuff. Very important to be aware. Where? This is what, what meditation is about. It's not about getting into a higher state where you're in samadhi or any other state. There, there is no such state as the truth. It's just the truth. It's not a state of mind. So the intention, don't maintain it. Don't get to some area where you think you, well, I can just maintain that. Can't maintain that. And if you do maintain it, I'm not saying it that it will not appear like you finally got that maintained. But it very likely could be uh, a cover-up of what the actual truth is. Covering it up. Taking the mind this way or that way or this way or that way. Anything but to face the reality that you don't exist like you think you do. Am I accusing you of something? No. I'm just saying you're here. I have a few, few, more, few more minutes to talk about this. Return. And one of the ways that you can return is to notice how you drift away from it. That's awareness. It's not, a, it's not failure to go off and daydream about wandering in the woods looking for morels. It's not a, it's, that's not a problem to daydream. It's not even a problem not to be aware as long as you begin to be aware that you're not aware, which is powerful to see where the way the mind drifts off. Just observe. Awareness doesn't go anywhere. If you think it does, circles. This is why everything is in a circle. That's why I say use a, what kind of clocks are these called? They're not digital. Somebody tell me. Analog. Thank you. I knew what it was, but I just was checking. See what you thought. Yes, not long. They go in circles because they they represent what is happening everywhere. The sun and the moon go in circles. They even turn on their axis, and so do you. But you're turning on the axis of your belief in this and your disbelief in that and your ignorance of everything else. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. Those are the three poisons as has been taught for thousands of years. And some people teach this in such a way as to try to correct that, fix that. 
improve, be better. And other people, if they see it, will teach out of what they're looking at, which is the reality you're looking for. Am I making a claim that somehow I'm seeing ultimate truth? I don't see anything. But as soon as you come in front of me, if you start seeing things, I see the same things you do. Otherwise, I can't teach you. I'm not mad. <laughs> but I can get mad very easily. Get around me and start hanging out like a clown of ego. And I'm coming after you. If you don't like that, then stay away. Do whatever you want to do. It's your life. But don't do anything unless you have to. This is another way of teaching Patience. Don't do anything you have to, including worry about stuff you have no say so over. <laughs> Just about every uh, uh, every Dharma talk I give, and I give a few of these. Before then, I I, I even say to myself, "Now try to be nice. <laughs> try not to be try not to be an ass. Try not to be pushy with people." But I cannot help it. I don't not, do not have a say so over this. And am I wishing that on you? No. Do whatever you want to do. But if you want to see the truth, you have to train your mind. You have to sit down, hold still. You don't have to believe anything. You don't have to believe in Buddhism. I don't believe in Buddhism. I don't disbelieve it. And I'm certainly not going to ignore it. Okay. And you're bowing. A few minutes ago, you said you don't see anything. I don't. But when we step in front of you, Yep. You are in the chaos that we are, my words. How do you teach us then if you are in chaos? Bowing. I don't believe it. But I can see that you believe it, so then I meet you, and then you think I'm attacking you. Isn't that right? Is that right? I'm looking at you. Is that right? If you're a student, then... I may be your, your teacher and I may not, but you can't, you can't guess, you can't have a, some kind of guesswork about how this should be showing up and how you should be treated. When you're bowing, so as my teacher then, is it when you step into my chaos, are you, are you seeing aspects of my ego that I'm not seeing? Is that what you're pointing out? Probably. But you may not be ready to see it. So I may not do anything with you other than be sweet, kind, and polite. And be respectful of the confusion that you're not ready to see. Therefore, you could sit in front of me and you might even say, please teach me. Hit me with your kotsu or, you know. When you're bowing, so you say you don't make decisions. So what as a student when we're in front of you, are you choosing what to say and what not to say? No. Are you? I'd feel a lot safer if I could just choose things and I could build up a protective shield of being a teacher who knows everything and is smart. And knows more than all of you. No, no, I'm extremely vulnerable all the time. It's not comfortable. It's the first noble truth of the Buddha. Life is suffering. And if you think that by meditating a lot and realizing your true nature, you're going to be free from suffering, 
might be possible for you, but I, I think it's unlikely. More. Since we're into questions, we can continue with questions or I can continue to talk about intention. Hello, Kelly Climbing. It's nice to see you. Yes. You mentioned that the teacher might not be able to teach you because you're not ready to see a particular aspect of your confusion. That stands to reason, doesn't it, with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if I see areas like that in my life that I feel like I'm not ready to look at. How do I massage that area or begin to look at it? It's so situational. You might have to, you might have to just play around with that, work around with that. The important thing is to slow down, hold still, and watch what continues to move. Sitting meditation, chicken taza. Takes a long time. And uh, the, the the tendency for the mind stream, for the identity part of the mind to come to a conclusion about something is just overwhelming because it's based on fear of the unknown and and desire for what we deserve, what we want to get to something. <clears throat> so we get tied into what Trungpa Rinpoche calls spiritual materialism, trying to use spiritual techniques to get somewhere to do something. Ian Bowing, is there a counterpart to the returning, like turning away? It's on the... I'm not sure where you're, what you're asking about. Um, just maybe the opposite or the other side of the coin when it comes to just returning. What is the other side? Turning away from it? Is that what you're asking about? Yeah. In other words, if you have, uh, you've received a vow to be with all things. Do you remember receiving that vow? Yes. Okay, so when anything shows up in your world that appears as another person who's giving you a hard time or a, a situation that is very difficult, instead of just receiving that as it is, we add on to it ideas about who caused it. If they stop acting that way, I wouldn't feel this way. Those kinds of things, blame, very simple blaming of others. And so there is a, instead of just receive it, it probably will not taste good, feel good, sound good, think good. Do it anyway. We've all been downloaded into this realm called the human realm. Here we are. You can have a lot of freedom here. You're free. You're free to do whatever you want. You're free to get up and walk out of here and never come back. Or you're free to stay here and continue to come, not because this person's so great, but because what being in this environment, the environment of the Buddha's Dharma, helps you to turn your mind to that which is really important when it comes to being a living person in a particular lifetime. You have an opportunity using the forms that we have. There are other people that teach in different ways where they don't use. I've had someone up, uh, the fellow up in Minneapolis actually took the Buddha out of there and put a rock in there. Would I do that? No, I don't. But maybe that's... The way in which he's relating with his students, maybe that's the thing he should do. It doesn't look very workable to me because it was a human being that brought us this message, not a deity or a, or a rock. Ian Belling, is, is there an object of returning? Or what are we returning to? The vow, there's several ways of vow to see the truth yourself. And how you the way you do that is you you're looking at what's rising in your mind stream and see that seeing that it is a is untrue it's a lie just observe those don't cover them up 
and shut them down. Don't justify them. Don't leave them for why somebody made you do that or uh, I'm helpless in this area. More? Bowing. And how do we return to the truth that is in our mind? Just return to the vow. The, the vow to be with all things has been called the vow that transcends karma because it doesn't have an outcome. It just has a, the, the vow to see the truth. And the reason it can't have an outcome is because what you're looking for, you are. And when you realize that, you may not show up as very pleasing to others. Others may not think you're an enlightened being. You won't necessarily manifest as this kind, loving, sweet tone of voice and demeanor. It's always sweet, loving, hugging. There are some people that teach that way. They're just sweet, loving, and kind, and they just hug people. That's okay, too. That might be the only way some people can even receive the teachings, if in fact they are the teachings. Oh, no. Is the intention coming out of our true nature, our Buddha nature, from? Looks that way. It looks like a relative situation, but it looks that way. But when we are returning, are we returning to our true nature? In a sense, but you're returning to some kind of a structure or form that helps you just like the wall return to the wall return to this uh, position of sitting down holding still and watching the movement of the mind watching the confusion coming and coming and coming without suppressing it without fluffing it up or validating or justifying or blaming anything for it leaving what is arising for what caused it in other words validating dependent origination in the sense of uh, relative truth thinking there is a right and a wrong there is a correct and an incorrect we get caught in that and it's it's just a an incredible snare because it's so convincing. It's and this that's why this uh, the spiritual path is is beyond cause and effect without leaving it. More. Wonder why I was going with the uh, idea that in some ways we're in touch with wisdom when we're in touch with our intention. Is that true? I would say the way it sounds like you're asking, I would say yes, in the sense that you're, you need to have that kind of intention in order to work with in, a, in an intelligent, sane, uplifted, and uh, in a way that doesn't go to war, doesn't go to peace, takes no position, other than you could say the intention is somewhat of a position, but it only becomes uh, difficult if you try to maintain it as a, some kind of belief or, or some kind of pat on the back that you, well, at least I'm at least I'm doing this, at least I'm doing that. So it's more difficult than that. There won't be any particular feedback saying that you're doing this correctly. More? Well, uh, the questions are coming out of the book, I Am, by John Klein. One of the things that caught my eye was that there was made a statement that there is no volition needed. Mm -hmm. It is, my understanding, returning to the intention. Yes. So what does he mean when there's no volition needed to it? What does volition mean? 
there's a sense of effort. Okay. Choice, effort, movement. For a while, that's what the provisional teachings in the teach in the Buddha Dharma are about. Is some kind of effort. That's what the the uh, what is it? The fourth fourth parameter. It's effort. You know, well, I think it's the fourth parameter is a sultan or sandru, no, yeah. not sultan, sandru and virya. Is that yeah. Yeah, virya. So it's a, it is a kind of efforting, but that starts to change as the. So I've been looking at the parameters lately because I'm going to be talking about that situation. So there's some of that. I think what probably uh, these uh, non-dual. Uh, Teachers like Gene Klein, which I I think it's a great great teaching the way he teaches, but he he's teaching out of a different tradition altogether. That's why I uh, re recommend that. But it's not particularly Buddhism. He doesn't use Buddhist forms. Their, their form of meditation is even quite a bit different. So when he's saying there's no volition, uh, well, if you want to go that far, you think that you could say everything is empty of everything, and we just get rid of the whole cloud of dust. I think there is there is that kind of effort that needs to happen that you could call volition, I guess. It's the intention. There's some kind of energy has to have some kind of a direction. I never met him, so I don't know or wasn't able to talk or not able to talk to him, obviously. But. It's, uh, I think what he's referring to is it's more like grace. Is that when you see what this is, you realize you, you can't do this. You haven't done it. You won't be able to do anything. You, from the point of view of the ego, is completely helpless. You will not get what you want. This is what's being talked about in, in the Vulnerable Truths. Life is suffering. Cause of desire. The goal of cessation in the path is Shiva Samadhi and Prajna. Or sit down, hold still, observe and see the truth. Yudao. Yudao bowing. Is intention the same as bodhicitta? Bowing. I think it is. The mind of awakening. To, to see, and that shows up in a relative way for a while, and then uh, eventually there's an ultimate can't be said any other way that everything just uh, all the footholds and all the handholds just disappear and you are lost in space as they says in the movie title no reference point not even buddhism not even the vow gone but you may need that you will need that for a while that's why some of it is very stair-step like but since it is what it is eventually those stair steps or those reference points start to collapse and come apart. And that is when you need, as far as I can see, you may need a person that can help you, that can function as your teacher. And you may need, probably need a teaching, that, whether it's uh, the Advaita approach or the Buddhist approach. And even the Buddhist approach is full of all different types of, there's a lot of disagreement and argument uh, between different schools, which uh, Chiazan's been talking about, different ways of, just in the Chan tradition, Japanese tradition, all the different ways this can be seen. And it isn't like this one's correct and these other ones are incorrect. It's just a different way of working with it. Complicated situation 
uh, of like stair steps that are going somewhere, getting something, moving towards something. But then the ultimate, just reflect on the word ultimate, because you can't locate that. Even to have a word pointing to that is just still just a word. Kayun bowing. Kayun. Uh, the other day, I think I heard you say something along the lines of, we're making choices, but they're choiceless. What's a, yes. What is a choiceless choice, Bowie? That's just, just a joke. <laughs> a choiceless choice is, is uh, it feels like you're, you're making choices about things, but since you have a belief, disbelief, and ignoring quality going on in consciousness uh, that is often described as the seventh consciousness in the Yogacara tradition of being a, uh, having a strong bias and prejudice against this and for that, and we don't realize that we're operating out of a already determined positionality in the mind stream. We're already have decided, you could say, so therefore it looks like we're we're making choices, but what we're doing is choiceless based on you, you are trapped in dependent origination. Or if you realize your true nature, then that's also choiceless because you 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 aren't anything but what's happening. You aren't separate from what's happening. So therefore, that's why it's so seductive to ego to uh, think that he, she, they are somebody because they're still having these intense feelings, even though they're, they're beginning to see through the structure of ego, the self-centeredness, the grasping, the rejecting, the shutting down. And it's... It's like you would say, uh, I thought I was free of all of this, but you're not free of what you are. Then you are this. Did it get close or let's want to take another swipe at it? Pain bowing. No, that was helpful. So we think that we're making choices, but the choices are predicated by ignorance and therefore yes. we're slaves to that belly yes and in a sense you're, you're not a slave if you're a realized being is not a slave to anything because they're not separate from anything but to someone observing that particular person or form it might be very easy to judge them because they are they're just they're not separate from dependent origination they're not separate from uh, what is coming and going so therefore, they could move any number of directions that may not look very correct to you. And it could happen to you. You may find yourself doing things that, from the point of view of your, your self-centeredness, your ego, you don't want to do that, but you see, you cannot help but do that. That's why I often say, don't do anything unless you have to. And that will help you. It won't do it for you, but it will help you see that you could actually just hold your horses and wait for things. And sometimes by doing that, then... That, that those two polarities, the either or part, starts to change in such a way that you see it was choiceless to go this way. But if you make that choice based on fear, I've got to make a choice. I've got to make a choice. And that's also dependently risen. And you're also at the mercy of, of karma. So I have to do it. Kayun Bowing, is that what Trunk <clears throat> Pache was pointing to in the title of the book, The Myth of Freedom, Bowing? Perhaps we probably would have to check with him. And I remember reading that cover of that book uh, before I even read the book. I mean, I'm pretty excited about this. So, but I never did get what he meant. Any of you? Yeah. And if you want to help uh, help me and Kayun out there, who's read that book? Do you know? 
myth of freedom. I think you're probably onto something there that we think we have some kind of freedom. That being said, that's the, the freedom from, freedom from some sort of the freedom from suffering, the freedom from. But if you realize you're not separate from anything, then that's ultimate freedom. That's why I often say that, or sometimes say it if it occurs to me. You're liberated, not from something. You're, you're fundamentally liberated. There never was a prison, never were uh, restrictions at all. Are you bowing? So is there not anything that we're not at the mercy of? Or is there anything that we're not at the mercy of? I think the way you're asking it, I would have to say, I can't think of anything. Everything is your yours. Every tree limb, every leaf, every rock, every empty bottle. Yours. You're looking at everything. You're receiving it. Through all of your sense fields, or most of them, I suffer from. Go ahead. You're buying. Sometimes you show us. You, we do have some choices, like you just picked up your water glass, your coffee cup. Is that really a choice, though? Yeah. Well, they're relative. I can do this. Or I can do that. But that that enforces the illusion that we have a say so. But it's very limited. I mean, we can say yes. I can pick this up, move it this way, move it that way. I, look, I have all kinds of choice. I don't have to hold it this way. I can just hold it this way because that's what I want to do. Those things that uh, floods our, our consciousness with all kinds of either or right and wrong, should be, shouldn't be. And we participate in that. And if you're someone like uh, uh, lately, I've been reading a little bit of the Lud Ludwig Wittgenstein. Is that how you pronounce it? Witt Wittgenstein, German philosopher, lived a hundred years ago or so. Astonishing ability to just take anything and just go through and shred it right down using logic. Powerful, powerful thinker. No mind training there, though. So the fundamental conclusion, not I don't know if it's a conclusion, but the fundamental foundation he was working on was the power of the mind. And he certainly had a powerful, amazing thinker. Would have been interesting to see uh, had he had some mind training. Very interesting. Yes, sir. And then it tends to be. What's your name again? Shario. Shario? Yeah. Yeah. Nice um, to see so you again. Likewise. <laughs> uh, and then it tends to be one with all beings or not cutting yourself off. Um, but a lot of times when I see another being that, well, you know, classmate or something, that is frustrating, that is annoying, or See another being that's frustrating or annoying. I'm just speaking a little, re repeating yourself in here. Yeah. So yes. if another being is frustrating or annoying or simply just takes actions that are against my interest yes. and well being. Yes. How do I proceed that with wanting to honor the attempt to see? see yeah. It, 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 it's so situational. I mean, it's just sometimes you, because of the situation, you might actually step in and stop them and say, wait a minute. You might actually use that would come out of the awareness that would be including everything there, including your history with that person, whether you've known that person for 10 years or 10 minutes and how that how that's all functioned in the past. I would say I would say less is better in terms of doing anything and more is better in terms of receiving, receive the body language, receive the tone of voice, not just what they're saying, receive the whole thing 
And if you receive the whole thing, you might not even, even understand what they said. And that's not a problem because everything else that is there is more about the fundamental reality of any given situation rather than what somebody said or what their what their position was politically or whatever. More about that, can you, if you can fine tune it, I might be able to give you a more definite, uh, don't do that, do this. Hit them. No, don't hit them. <laughs> Bow down. Say thank you very much for your for your teaching. <laughs> it's, it's that every time I see a being that does annoy me, in my head, I'm like, how is this a reflection of me? And sometimes when I see someone, I'm like, I don't want that to be a reflection of me. Yeah, so you don't, Joe, just take out the word how and just now say what you just said. Just remove how. It's a reflection of me. Reflection of me. That's exactly it. That's painful. Yeah. It's painful to see that the terrible thing that's happening in front of you is you. It's horrible to see that because you're not separate from anyone. If you're going to help them, you have to stop separating yourself from them in order to be the more enlightened person when this person is miserable with their suffering and that's why they're dumping it on you because that's the only way they can get rid of it is to blame you for the suffering that is their consciousness. It's called compassion. Just receive, receive, receive. It will not be a pleasant feeling. To get, a, to get an identity from, I'm a very compassionate person. This is not compassion. This is just another form of uh, narcissism. More? So receiving is the best thing. So, if you can, sometimes you can't receive. You might just have to leave the premises. So it would be better to, to just say, yeah, got to get going. Whoops. Late for an appointment. Lie. <laughs> you don't have it's situational. There is no such thing as a lie. There's no such thing as the truth. I cannot help but lie to you, and I cannot help but, but say the truth. And I'm I'm lost in that. If there is an I, and usually there isn't much of one. If there is one, it's pretty cranky. So I found it better to just isolate, kind of control what I see in life to change what's being reflected. How old are you now? Twenty-two now. Yeah, so you've got some time. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know. According to Nostradamus, this is the 2024 is the everything comes to an end this year. So, so see, don't have to worry about it. Taking care of it all comes to an end. <laughs> but you got a year. So meditate. <laughs> meditate, meditate, bring your mind. Because in truth, there is no time. This is pack of lies. Unreal, but we need it because we're in a relative realm. It appears I'm over here, illusion. It appears you're over there, illusion. It appears this is a clock. This is going in circles. That should be a clue right away. Anything goes in circles as well. Circle. It's not the truth. It's right and wrong, right and wrong, right and wrong. Life and death. The big circle that we are unaware of, unless you become aware of it, is that you show up. The body shows up and goes away. It shows up, but who you actually are, actually are doesn't go anywhere. It does not go in a circle, but we think we do. We think we're born and we live and we're a good person, a bad person, um, on, on all the other autobiography that goes on to, to store some kind of feeling of security around, I'm here and I'm going this, and I have this habit, this good habit, this bad. And we have this constant description and we get it from our friends. They describe us and our enemies also describe us. One. I probably said too much. How do you, how do you, best find a reality that will eliminate the how word? Find a reality that. <laughs> yeah, 
and this may be it, it may be something else. If this is it, I am completely dedicated to helping you. If this is not it, I trust you. I have people come and go, come and make a connection for a few months, few years, and then say, or they might not say, they just disappear. And I wonder what happened to that person. Well, they have other ideas about this. And should they be respected completely? People to do the best they can. But if you come this way, I, I'm completely dedicated to helping you see the truth. And may, if you're around me very much, it may not feel like it. Gary, <laughs> no? Boo. <laughs> my teacher Trungpa so scary for me I could not even I had to make myself go and have interviews with him it's so uh, overwhelming to be in his presence but without that I would not be here I could not presume to teach anybody anything and I include uh, Kobanchina Roshi in that also yes sir any other questions um, Susan Bowling. I was hoping so, you'd have a question, Susan. So, <laughs> so now slow down, slow down, slow down, Susan. I think very slowly. So go ahead. Okay, now proceed. So, Sokazan, if we were to ever see the truth, would we yes. know it? You, you, okay, that's a good one. Okay, you, you won't know it in the conventional way of it being a credential or a, or a conclusion or a goal that you've reached. It, it will be a kind of knowing that is called uh, wisdom. It goes beyond. It doesn't see anything but wisdom. Unless unless you're there with your incredibly wise understanding that you've realized your true nature. If somebody comes in your milieu, in your living room, and sits in front of you, whether on a Zoom screen or face-to-face, -face, you are their confusion. It's a, it's a frightening thing to ego to know that you are not going to improve. You're not going to get any better. You're not going to transcend and have be have some kind of enlightened being that walks around who's a little bit superior. Not a lot. I mean, we don't want to have too much pride here, but a little bit superior to all these poor people who don't understand the truth. No, you are. You are that. You are the worst, most confused person that comes in front of you and sits down. You are that. You would have to be that. More? Susan Dowling, so does that mean you you lose your identity? Is, is that what you're saying, Valerie? No, 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 you gain the identity of everything. You, you are not, there's no longer two things anywhere. There's just you. Kind of a silly way to say it, because it's not, it's not so strong that you, you know, you greet yourself in the kitchen and talk to yourself, talk to the refrigerator as if it were you. So it's not corny. It's just a, a fundamental understanding that everything that moves is, is like your your right arm moving. It's you know that this this is you, but it's it's not like you're in there somewhere. But you know this is you, and it's to use a, a very specific visual representation of that. It's like every movement you see in others, you realize this this is this is you. This is consciousness only, and they're just as much uh, you as you are them. Very difficult for to go into this with any kind of. Uh, uh, you know, if you brought, uh, I mentioned Wittgenstein, if you brought him into this at anywhere, he, he would probably blow his brains out. Well, maybe not. Maybe he would really understand and take us even deeper into the understanding of consciousness with his incredible acumen. So you're, you're, this is a, another way of saying this is it's vulnerable. As long as there's an ego of self-centeredness there present, and it doesn't need to go away because it goes away. If you somehow goes away, it hasn't gone away. You've just covered it up with the pretense that you're somehow above the fray. You no longer are involved. 
I'm no longer threatened by my teachers. I'm threatened by my students all the time. Not separate, not separate, not separate, not separate. And and is there it's a frightened? Is there someone who's frightened? No, there's no. There's just 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 frightening. So and it and it gets a ticket to ride. It has a has a free pass. I'm here. I'm open. Uh, and not me. It just uh, isn't anything I did. It's just something I stopped doing, covering up the 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 intense stuff that used to suffer up to or used to arise in the mindstream I thought was me suffering or me terrified or me angry or me, 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 me. Ah. Return to the vow. Return to the truth. Return to your intention. <clears throat> Just see what this is. Return, return, return. Until there's no one left to return. Until there's nothing left to return to. Because there's nothing separate anymore. Even the anymore is extra. Because that's like saying that there was a time when there was something. It's it's uh, the way it's been ta uh, talked about in the past by ancient teachers. One of the ways it was talked about is uh, in the terms of the, the the eight consciousnesses of the Yogacara tradition, uh, the five sense fields, the, the thinking process, the sixth consciousness, the seventh consciousness, which is the paranoid part of the mind that is closed off, shut down, is like a tight fist. And then there's the eighth consciousness, which is uh, the entire consciousness of you and everyone else. It's called the Alia Vignana, Alia Vignana, I think I might have that pronounced correctly. And uh, the way the, the realization has been turned is it's a turning around at the basis of consciousness. So it's like, and that turning around sees there, there never was a singularity anywhere. There's just consciousness only, or perception only, or however it arises for you. And how that arises for you or any other being who is on the path may not have exactly the same chemistry as the person next door. You may have realization, someone else may have realization, and but they aren't separate, we aren't separate, you're not separate, I'm not separate from the very karma that brought you in here. So it's going to start showing up in that karma, in that tone of voice, in that particular uh, confusion. That confusion will still be here. Some the Tibetans call, call that transmuting, passion, aggression, ignorance, transmuting that. So another word for it is feeding your demons. Feed, feed the negativity. That doesn't sound very healthy, does it? Well, it's not healthy in the relative sense, but in the ultimate sense of seeing there are no two things anywhere. That way you're, you are addressing that part of the consciousness that wants to hide out and be evil. There is no such thing as that. There's just basic goodness. As my teacher pointed out a while back. Further questions? If you have them, please. Yes. Have you? This is my first time here. M A Y. M A Y. Yes. M M A Y. Yes. Okay. Um. Go ahead, May. So for many things in my life, it feels like I'm only understanding things about myself or things around me. Yes. In retrospect. So. If I'm only understanding the past and not the present, is it an illusion of knowing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're, what you're what you're working with there is you're seeing that there's some kind of uh, um, um, some kind of um, insecurity in that area where you go back and try to find some kind of support, but then as you look at your present situation, it looks pretty shaky as far as being confident about anything. 
And this is why the person that runs into this, a person, a young person like yourself, may want to step on the spiritual path to see more deeply, find a way to train the mind to see more deeply into the nature of consciousness, rather than just continue to build up philosophies and ideas and concepts and beliefs and opinions and po the politics of experience. It's everywhere. You talk, get into a conversation with anybody and all you get is a bunch of opinions, ideas, judgments, or they, they'll say, I don't know, but they don't mean that, that uh, they don't mean fundamentally, I don't know, which is a sense of no self, but they mean that that won't be long and they will know and they'll come and tell you about it and then tell you how to live your life and all of that. So if, are you a meditator by any chance? Um, um, not regularly, but sometimes when I do things like writing or yeah. doing re uh, repetitive things, yes. it feels like I am contemplating on something Okay, and it would it would give me some meditative effects, even though I'm not just sitting down and closing my eyes in a position. Yeah. If you sit down, don't close your eyes. Leave them open. Just, just a suggestion. Or close them. But if you close them, you're probably going to go to sleep in one way or another. Not, not completely asleep, but you don't, you don't want to train your mind by closing off the very thing that you live in. Or maybe you do. Maybe that's what you should do. Any further questions, May? Not for now. Thank you for that one. Any, any further questions from anyone? Naveed Dowling. Naveed. We experience a seemingly real world in our dreams. What time is it there, uh, Naveed? Um, it's 8.20 p.m. Oh, okay. Just checking. Okay, go ahead with your question. Yeah. Um, we experience a seemingly real world in our dreams. We see, we hear, we touch we taste and everything um yet our senses are shut down obviously yes um does that happen because everything is mine only bowing that would be a way of talking about it. yeah it's just mine it, this uh this is just consciousness this this is a this is a rising in consciousness consciousness is not arising in something else the uh, kind of the other way around so yes it's as soon as you close your eyes, you immediately go. That's why I was just saying to me, don't close your eyes, because if you close your eyes, you're 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 bringing down your consciousness to an area that's more uh, acceptable or receivable. Whereas if you have your eyes open, then you're constantly confronted by the incredible otherness that's in front of you. Whereas you close your eyes, then you can make it more personal, and then you can feel more like you're uh, making some progress. So yes, thank you. Navid is in Iran. I think you're still there, aren't you? Yes, I am. When are you going to come and visit us? I don't know. <laughs> if I could come, I, I think I would already be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit, it's a little bit tough, but I'm working on it. Okay. Well, let me know if there's any way we can help you. Okay. Thank you. Of course. Further questions from anywhere, anyone? Have some time. We're going by this rotating device. When you're bowing a few minutes ago, you talked about transmutation or feeding your demons. Yes. Is there a process for feeding your demons? <clears throat> there are actual practices to do that. You, I, I don't teach that or necessarily recommend that, but it's just a way of talking about the negativity. 
allow the allow another just give it your attention give the negativity your attention that's feeding the demon don't 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 try to cover up don't go in that direction to cover up. one of the way to cover up the negativity is to blame someone so it's not your so you're not being responsible for your consciousness we're not talking about blaming this, your yourself or your ego although that can come up you just receive it Whatever comes along and triggers something that happens in your mind stream, your difficulty, your challenges, just receive it as much as you can without leaving that for who did it. Or even though someone, some situation might have triggered that, but that feeling was sometimes called a mountain out of a molehill. A little item happens and you have this intense reaction to it. I know about that because it happens to me daily. I've not gotten rid of anything. Nothing has happened. Not any different than anyone else, other than I see what this is, and I'm not saying you don't, you might, but it is an illusion. Do you see that it's an illusion? In your mind, if we were to see what this is, would you recognize that? No, would I recognize it or would you? Who? <laughs> yes. You're not getting away with that. A little while ago, I asked you a question. You said yes. You're not getting away with this this time. Show me what you want to know. Is there some recognition by the teacher when a student uh, realizes? Yes. There is. And what they stop talking to each other. The communication is no longer separate. So therefore, there's there's there may be a whole lot to be said, and there may be very little to be said. It's a it's, it's a classically it's talked about in the Tibetan traditions called about the uh, the the meeting of meeting of the minds, the mind of the teacher, the mind of the student. No longer two different things, nor are they one. Yes. You said that you still have like a mountain out of a molehill show up? Yes. Um, I did this morning. I yelled at the TV. Remember that? When you came out of the other room, well, are you all right? She thought I had fallen. No, I was yelling at the television because there was a person on there selling. What were they selling? I don't know. They're selling a fan and their tone of voice and everything was just grating. And I thought, I can do that. So I went and I graded back. Does that mean that somehow I've, I'm some special? No, no, not special at all. But everything is welcome. Everything is, everything is, everything is welcome. It has to be welcome. If you fight with it, then you might, then you just have little skirmishes everywhere the rest of your life. Winning and losing, winning and losing. There is no winner, there's no loser. Yu Hong Baoying, just uh, you mentioned that you're yelling at the TV. The yes. yeah, but because the person is greedy, what's the difference between you, your yelling, and our yelling, Baoying? It's yelling. You're yelling. I'm yelling. You want me to actually spell that out for you? You're you're yelling. You you're yelling at, at something else, and I'm yelling at myself. I get to do that. It's a dance. You, you can dance with everything. 
as I say, you, if you get too close to this, you might not want to dance with this dancer. Yu Hong Baoying, when yeah. I yell, I either criticize myself uh, or other people criticize me, mm-hmm. and I'm aware of that. So in that sense, what's the difference between my and yours, Baoying? Uh, let's see. Um, I apologize to Anya for scaring her. That that's something. Um, what else is different? I could say that I see the nature of reality and you don't, but you do see it. You just think it's something else. Don't stop yelling. Just, just, just awareness of what, of the outflows that come out of this happens, that happens, and you notice that we have a reaction to it. I'm not giving you some kind of, uh, not that you would need it, some kind of validation that you, whatever you do is okay, because it's about, it's about awareness, not about doing things right, uh, avoiding doing things wrong, though it's sometimes taught that way. Quite often it's taught in terms of correct and incorrect or right and wrong. Atisha's seven points of mind training is full of rights and wrongs, correct and incorrect. Yu Hong thank you. I have a oh. one more question about that day you mentioned. Please, please go ahead. Yes. I have another question about that day when I asked you about dropping the mug. And uh, I mentioned that I, you know, I could blame my uh, clumsiness for dropping the mug and you mentioned that is more of trying to find the reasons trying to uh, um, narrow down find what causes it that I don't really yes. quite get it could you um, could you say more about that uh, uh, I could probably say quite a bit about it but I would say it's it's a matter of, of being aware of the nature of cause and effect this moves through space and runs into something else, causes a third thing called sound. Uh, and we're, I'm just saying, just receive as much as you can rather than come with some kind of attribution that you're causing that. Uh, you're, you're, you're participating in it to some extent, but when you, when you drop something or there's some of what we would call clumsiness or um, being out of balance a little bit, it's just an occurrence. There's no one who is at, at, there's no direct cause, separate cause. There's so many causes. They're innumerable. That's an understatement. It's just so many that it's just too much to do that. Another way of saying that, that, there, that nothing actually happens. That's the illusion. Pretty convincing illusion. Pretty convincing. But it, that's that actually, if you look at this closely, that the emotion, you're, watching, you're looking at the wall, holding still, sitting symmetrical, and you watch what shows up and what goes this way and what goes that way <clears throat> without accepting it, rejecting it, or shutting down. And the process of doing that, as you've heard me say many times, it's about watching the way we conclude, or watching the way we don't like that, that we add on to what's coming and going as if it we have there's some kind of personal position that we have about that, that that shouldn't be happening, or I need to control this, or I need to stop feeling that way. I need to do this, I need to do that. Second noble truth, wanting things to be different than they are. Uh, 
passion grasping difficult to see that you fine is there a further question in here I'm looking at something and it looks fuzzy or unclear. Is the perception itself fuzzy or unclear? What is it? I, I think I'm following it. I'm reflecting on what you're asking, but can you, I understand what you asked, but what is it you want to know? Is there something other than that you're looking for? Because if something shows up and the fuzzy and unclear is something you're adding on to it, not saying that it may not be fuzzy and unclear. So the idea that you're concluding something about it. You sometimes talk about clarity as clarity about the confusion. Yes. Is the clarity some other thing? No. Different than the confusion? It is the confusion. But the dependent origination, it is an, it is an illusion. And it's an astonishing illusion that we, we this can't be an illusion. An illusion is more like, you know, incense smoke or a, like a dream. That's an illusion. I can see that. But that this, as a, that is said in the Tibetan tradition, that this is the dream you have at night is a, is a sample dream. Shows you what a dream is. And this is the real dream. This is the one you need to awaken from at the same time you're, Fixing your breakfast to realize this is an this is an illusion. It appears very solid, and it, and it appears to be moving in time and space, which is also an illusion. Nothing actually occurs. Amazing. So, fuzzy, not fuzzy, blurry. Not not now. It's not blurry. Now it's not it's blurry again. So those are little little mini conclusions about what you're looking at. But you could actually, what if you looked at that and didn't conclude anything about it? Or what if you saw blurriness without the words blurry coming up? What if you saw it before, just kind of a what if? This is what the wall gazing is about. Sit down and watch the crap and watch the gold bullion that arises in the mind stream. Don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't shut down. And what does that process feel like? You see, you're actually seeing the way the consciousness cannot help but grasp, cannot help but shut down, cannot help but that. And then, then that which is observing that is consciousness. It is not a person. And it doesn't mind what's happening. It just sees it. Milka Bowie. Milka. A question on YouTube from Ross in Ireland. Yes, sir. Ross Bowling, are the six realms right here now? Yes. Um, yes. They are. It's your mind. You can be in the heaven realm, you can be in the hell realm. You can go through those so-called states of mind uh, just instantly. People go through them all day long. Some people, their whole life is characterized by the jealous God realm. They just are constantly jealous and trying to get ahead and, and control their stuff so nobody gets it. Reinforcing the, the illusion of a self by getting stuff, keeping stuff, having power. 
And then some people get into an area where they're pretty powerful. They're, they're billionaires. Um, they have a whole bunch of people doing whatever they say because they pay them or whatever. And that's a temporary situation called the God realm. And some people, their whole, their whole style is to be in the God realm. They may not look like some kind of a oligarch or something. It may just be your next door neighbor. But you notice when you talk to them, they're always extremely secure in their identity. Sometimes this, uh, if you if you see see your own mind clearly, you'll be able to see other people's minds too. Not reading their mind, but you'll see that they're full of pride, and they never go below that. They stay right in that pride area. It's a state of mind. It's solidified, so to speak. Any other question around that? Just like someone who is in in the what's called the hell realm, it's just a constant warfare with everything against, against, against. And the, the downside of that is obviously suffering in hell or in that realm where there's just warfare, fighting with your with your own demons, so to speak. You're running away from them, you're fighting, and you're projecting possibly those negative forces out on other people around you that you think are causing you that negativity, even though they're doing their best to just stay away from you, basically, because, but it's a, a state of mind. It, it can't be solved. It needs to be seen. Go ahead, Jishin. Jishin Bowing. When you are saying that when we look, we see that consciousness cannot not to grasp. Is this the description of the trap we are in? Bowing. Would you mind repeating that? I'll I'll try to slow it down myself, see if I can get what it is you're asking me about. You just said that uh, when we are looking, we can see eventually that consciousness cannot not to grasp. Yes. Is this the description of the trap we are in or the consciousness is in? Yes, the, the trap is you think this is true and this is untrue. You're trapped by, by duality and right and wrong and imprisoned or free. You're trapped by those ideas. And the whole world is running on this. You can't really find, you certainly aren't going to be able to turn on the television or the radio and, and listen to anyone who is um, who is liberated particularly. I'm not saying it's impossible, but unlikely. Because most people, even the very kindest, loving, um, humanistic People are still trapped by right and wrong. They're still accusing the, they still have an enemy. They have, they have to win. We even use the word warfare. We have to put us all the war, the war against drugs. We just use warfare constant, always fighting with something. The war against this, the war against that. Yes. Mazuka bowing. Sometimes it comes up in the teachings a sense of, that there's a core sense of lack or poverty, sense of something missing. Does, poverty mentality, yes. Does ego need to believe something's missing to survive? Yes. Something I need is something's missing. It needs something. It needs success. It needs to be recognized. It needs to be for people to love them. They need to be whatever they, they need. They need. They need something else. Something's missing. And with the one who has realized nothing's missing. 
There's nothing missing. It's just this. And this doesn't mean that it isn't intensely heartbreaking for someone who is no longer circular, had their own little orbit around themselves. Me, 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 and how I feel, how I feel. You won't care how you feel because you know there's no personal feelings anymore. That doesn't mean they aren't intense. Doesn't mean they won't knock you right off your feet. But that one, who's no longer a one, doesn't need anything, doesn't want anything else, doesn't require anything else. But mm -hmm. that's a good point. So are we are we constantly creating some kind of poverty to to feed off it? Could be, yes. Like especially if you get really bored, then you look for something you want. Like boredom. You know, you have uh like the sitting meditation has been called voluntary suffering. You come in, you have a lot of things to do that would be much more fun than sitting. But instead, you come in and you donate. I think I said yesterday or some someday, donate some time. You're just watching the consciousness, what it does in your particular mind stream. Rising up, going, showing up, forms arising, turning sideways, changing a little bit. And you watch and they fall away and then it might turn right around and come right back. But there's no addition. Like, why is that coming back? I let that go. Or all those kinds of little conversations we have with ourselves about what we're up to. And so voluntary suffering, you're volunteering to sit down and see, you know, what's bugging you. And, you know, but you don't get an answer to the what. If you do, if you sit enough, you eventually just, you just see the nature of it. And eventually you would see that there never was a person here. There's a body-mind complex, which is dependently risen. We are not just humans. Who you are is way beyond this ten fingers. Way beyond it. But hasn't moved anywhere. Is warfare or, or a hell realm a particularly good way to maintain that poverty mentality for some reason? Can be. Yes. Anytime you buy into something, clamp down on something, have opinions or ideas or conclude the very conclusion. It's not that it might not be relatively correct. We conclude that somebody who is uh, who has just gone into a school and murdered a bunch of people. We can pretty much a conclusion that that person has a lot of difficulty with their thought process. They actually think that they have to go out in order to get rid of their own horrible suffering. They have to download it on small children. And look, this is how much I'm suffering. Is that what they're saying? You think I'm, you know, you push me aside. You don't think I'm, but I am so miserable. I'm going to prove to you how horrible it is for me. Trying to establish a self. It's heartbreaking to see that kind of situation go, go without really any help at all. That person is not in an environment, in a culture where there is any help available. And if there were, they might, their particular life, they might not even be open to receiving it at all. Probably not, because the culture is so strong of right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. And the way people who tra train their kids, that's part of it. Plus that which comes into incarnation, uh, which shows up as an innocent child, is not innocent. They've been around here for a long time. More? Thank you. Thank you for the question.
more? You home bowing. Well, I'll take one more question and then we'll go yeah. elsewhere. I have a final, final question. You have a final question? Final, final. Final, final question. Okay, so you hung, you have the kind of almost final question. Okay. Uno has the final, final question. Go ahead. My question is, you said body and mind is not separate. Yes. What makes training the body cannot be the substitute of training the mind? Bowing. Hey, so we, we, I'm sure you've noticed we don't have much say-so about the mind, even though there are some practices, especially the creation completion practices, which fill the mind up with deities. It's deity yoga, deities, mantras, visualizations, mudras, ways of moving the hands to, to actually uh, address the mind through the movement of the body, whereas shikantaza or uh, even shamatha vipassana meditation Shini and Laktong are just about sitting still and observing what's happening mainly. So the body and the mind are not two different things, they, but they are separated in a way, just like the eye and the ear, the seeing and the hearing are, are not two different things. They're parts of the body, but their their functions are so different. You cannot see uh, a sound and you cannot hear what you see. But on the other hand, there's an area in consciousness where those start to just start to come together, they start to talk to each other in such a way that uh, you can't conclude something about it, but you get a deeper understanding of the, that area of consciousness that is around the thoughts, that is around the emotions, which is not emoting and is not thinking. It's called perception only. So your body and your mind appear different. They're on a different frequency. The body is here and it's pretty solid and you can't actually find your thoughts but they're not separate from this situation. Is, is there, you can help me or help us go a little deeper into that if you have a question about that body-mind relationship. It's a very powerful one. Dogen addressed that in the 13th century when he said, drop off body and mind. And he, he wasn't talking about getting rid of your mind or getting rid of your body. But if you try to do that, then you, then you immediately start to see the attachment to the body as being a self or a, a person and the attachment to the thoughts and the mind as being. And when you see that, that's dropping off body and mind. It's still there. You still still can pick up stuff. You can still uh, hold still and meditate and watch the thoughts come and go and watch the body have an itch on this side. So you still see that, but you also realize that, it's, that you're attached to those and those are unreal. It's the beginning of seeing the unreality of everything. More? You home bowing. Yes, I do feel like I have difficulties. Two points. The first, you mentioned that uh, training the body is not separate training the mind. For me, is regarding what you said, I feel like training the mind is more supreme than training the body because the body is impermanent. For me to understand that, that's why I prefer, I have a pref preference to training my mind. My second is, I feel like training the body can be very uh, fun and entertaining because I'm moving. Seeing so that way, I'm also prefer training the mind. So what's, what are my difficulties to, to see how they're not separate? So just just spend spend time on the cushion. Don't stop enjoying training your body or dancing or exercising or whatever it is you're doing. 
continue to do all of that. But then find a, a time where you sit down and you hold as still as you can without being rigid and just watch what continues to show up in the mind stream. And it's, it's about awareness. It's not about uh, some kind of success story. I, you're doing fine. If you need that kind of feedback, you're doing fine. It's just a matter of continuing, continuing. Return, return, return to this uh, simple situation of training the mind to see clearly. It's about awareness. It's not about some kind of logic where we figure out logically what the connection is between the body and consciousness. Thank you, Pauline. Yeah, okay, we're good, okay. Hi, I'm Senshu, one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan offers his wisdom tirelessly with complete love and devotion. If you value these teachings, Sokuzan, the mandala of Sokukoji, please consider donating at sokukoji.org. Thank you.